This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Globally, in the world right now, we have been going through the pandemic of the coronavirus. And today, I want to talk about a different kind of pandemic. In the United States, where I live, we are now in the midst of a pandemic of injustice. And yet another Black man has been senselessly, mercilessly murdered by the police. He is just one in a string, a long string, of black men and women who have suffered countless indignities, including death, due to racism. This is not a new pandemic. This is a pandemic that's been going on for generations, for years, for hundreds of years, and certainly all of my life, even though I am a senior citizen. We're just living in a time now where people are capturing the footage on cell phone cameras and police cameras. However, most people in the African-American community in the United States have been aware of this pandemic all along. Most of us know people who have been killed, who have been beaten, who have been harmed, friends, colleagues, family members. This pandemic of injustice is a long-standing difficulty and problem. As an African-American woman myself, I'm very concerned about what's happening in our country. And because of the coronavirus pandemic, my husband, also an African-American, we have to think about it when he goes outside wearing a mask to protect himself from the coronavirus. And he's an African-American man. And he's going to the grocery store. How safe is it? for him to really be out there wearing a mask as a black man. And when he leaves the house, many times I'm praying for him and for his safety, that he will return back safely. And what if he were to accidentally wear a black mask and a hoodie? What might happen to him then? I'm concerned not only for my husband, I'm concerned for my father, my brothers, I'm concerned for my cousins, my godchildren, my great-nephews, and my great-great-nephew. One of my spiritual godsons, who's 10 years old, recently wrote an eloquent message on Facebook about these times. And yet there was a disturbing phrase in the middle of his message where he said he knew that there was a death sentence on his life. 
Ten-year-old boys should not have to feel a death sentence on their lives. I remember some years ago visiting with a Caucasian colleague of mine, seeing their spirited four-year-old son walking around and enjoying life, seeing the world as his oyster. There were no limitations. There were no fears of death. He was on top of the world. And all children should have that experience. And yet for the African-American child, and especially for boys, there's more a sense of danger. Not imagined danger, it's real danger. Now I know that many of the people who perpetrate crimes and do things that we would define as evil, immoral, and wrong, that individually these people have a heart problem. They have a heart problem individually. I understand that. More importantly, I think the question, though, is what systems and what institutional structures have made the state of affairs okay? Top leadership in our country and institutions send signals, signals that create the conditions for these events to continue. There are some structural institutional problems that support these atrocities. And that's what we have to deal with, are those bigger systemic powers that keep things as they are. Now, are all policemen the problem? Of course not. Just as you cannot paint a monolithic brush on all Black people and all African-American people, we certainly cannot do that to any other group, including police officers. There are many police officers who daily risk their lives to protect the citizens of the United States, Black, white, and all colors in between. So I'm not talking about those who are serving with excellence, and who understand their responsibility to the public good. To those officers, I say thank you for your service. The Voice of Leadership podcast is a show about business leadership. And I think that the current events right now in the United States also paint a picture about lessons that business leaders can take from these situations. You've heard me say many times, and I want to say it again, that as an executive business leader, you set a culture and a tone. And every day, you reinforce your values by what you allow and what you don't allow to go on in your business. And if you say your values and there's a disconnect between what you say and what you do, people believe what you do and not what you say. Now I want you to imagine with me a hypothetical 
business situation. Imagine that you have an appliance business and there's a customer who's ordered a new stove. Two delivery men from your business are sent out to deliver the stove. Before they get out of the loading dock at your place of business, they drop that stove. It has some minor scratches and dents on it. However, it's been dropped a pretty good distance. And there's no guarantee that this stove really works properly anymore. One of the delivery men says, well, let's just get it up here and get it delivered to the house. The other one says, you know, maybe we shouldn't deliver this particular one since we've dropped it. Maybe we should take it back in and explain what's gone on, maybe have it inspected, maybe take another one. In the end, they end up taking the drop stove to the customer's home. The customer sees the superficial scratches and dents and says, well, what happened to this? This is not the quality of stove that I want to put into my home. The delivery man says, well, you know, once we install the stove and put it in, the part that's scratched won't even be seen. That's going to be hidden by the counter. So they install it and they go back to the company. The lady feels a little uneasy. She calls the company and she says, you know, you had two delivery men to send the stove over here and it had some scratches and nicks and I'm really concerned about it. Right about at the same time, the one delivery man who didn't think they should deliver the stove to the customer's house, he explains to his leader that that stove had been dropped. And when the leader questions both men, the man who insisted on taking the stove to the customer's house He denies that that stove was actually dropped. Now, they both had forgotten that the company had security cameras in the loading dock area. And so when they replayed the footage, the stove was clearly dropped and that was seen. You have to think about this and say, as the business owner here, what would you do? And what you do sends a signal to your organization about what you believe in and what you allow at your company. Now, you might choose to fire the person who told the lie and to fire the person who thought it was okay to deliver damaged goods to a customer. And the reason you would fire the person is not because they dropped the stove not because they made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. And there has to be room for mistakes to occur and for proper remedies to be put into place. The reason you might fire that person is because they covered up the mistake, because they lied, and because they delivered something that might be defective to your customer, which of course is not excellent customer service and long-term potentially damages the reputation of your company. As a business leader, everything you allow says to your organization, this is what's okay here. I remember a time when I was working with a corporate executive in a very large global 
corporation. My client was a person who was being groomed to be the president of this global company. One of his direct reports was an extremely talented executive who was creative and innovative and had made lots of money for the company over the years. The only challenge was that he had achieved those results by leaving a wake of dead bodies of people in the organization because of how he treated his team members. At the time that I was working with this organization, the company was shifting its culture. They wanted to achieve stellar results through their people, however, not by leaving dead bodies of their people. And as they were shifting the culture and treating people the way they thought they should be treated, there was this glaring example in the company of this person who was one of the top leaders and certainly delivering bottom line business results, however, having the reputation of mistreating people. At the time I was working with my client, he was not really in a position of power yet to do anything about this person. However, when he became president, one of the first actions he took was to fire this person who really felt untouchable and didn't think they could be fired because of the connections that they had in the organization and because of the financial contribution that he had made. And mind you, the company had given him coaches, they had talked to him, they had given him feedback, and every opportunity to step up and alter his behavior. What I want to say is to get change that's necessary and that's needed, inappropriate behaviors have to have a consequence. There has to be a consequence for wrongdoing. Otherwise, there will be no change. The atrocities that go on in societies and in companies will continue because they reflect a culture that's been created and also cultivated. So it's time to examine, to question, and to be serious about changing these unjust structures that reinforce the current status quo. Next time in part two of the pandemic of injustice, I'm going to be talking about the kinds of responses that are necessary from the people in a civilization and in a company when injustice is taking place. For now, I want to leave you with the wisdom in a verse from Ecclesiastes, the 8th chapter and the 11th verse. And it says, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist, 
Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.